Uh, this is the 415ers podcast coming at you three days a week. Monday's reaction, Friday's previews, Wednesday is all in the middle. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy with you. I'm on social at Giddings 10 Mark is on social at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. All right, well, so after that game, Mark, and look, I, I know that you had the Chiefs winning it by a small margin. I thought the 49ers would be able to pull off what apparently now looks to be a miracle uh, based, <laughs> based on how the game played out. But the 49ers are below 500. They entered the week in first place in the NFC West. They have now fallen to a tie for last in the NFC West. And still a def- just a game out of first. But well, I mean, but but that's and maybe sure that's a bright spot. But the fact <laughs> the fact remains, Mark, they fell three spots in the standings. And look, they still have the tiebreaker over the Rams. Uh, they get them next week, and that's going to be a big game. They still have two games against the Cardinals. They have one game left, apparently, against a very uh, surprising, let's call it, Seattle Seahawks team. Um, but look, your your defense is going to have to be better because, and I, it it may be unfair. It, it may be unfair to expect the defense to play at the level that it did through the first uh, five weeks of the season, Mark. But as as you mentioned with the offense, this is not one that's geared to put up. 25 to 30 points every single week. It's a team that is geared to play number one with the lead and two, control the clock, kind of wear down its opponent. And if they're winning 10 point games, if the if the you know scoring differential is plus seven, plus eight, plus nine, that is where Kyle Shanahan is going to live. And the defense simply has to be better, especially this upcoming week against the Rams, a team that did dominate already once this year. Uh, but for, for maybe the first time this year, Mark, I feel like, <clears throat> pardon me, I am laying the blame primarily at the feet of the defense and one D'Amico Ryans, whose stock was never higher through the first five weeks of the year. And then after the last two weeks in which they've allowed a total of 71 points, feels like it's come cratering back to earth. Yeah, it has. And, you know, last week in Atlanta, I know we talked about it a lot last week. That one doesn't you know, bother me all that much considering they were down seven starters on, on defense when that game came to an end. This game, you got relatively healthy. I mean, you were missing uh, Eric Armstead. Uh, we're not quite sure when he's going to be back. Still at this point, he's obviously a really big body in the middle and is, is hugely important. Um, but you got Nick Bosa back. Um, you know, Mooney Ward was back. Jimmy Ward was back. Talanoa Hufanga was cleared and played. I know both him and Mooney Ward were in and out of the lineup. Dre Greenlaw had a calf that kept him out for a good chunk of the second half. So you had Demetrius Flanagan Fowles in there. All that said, injuries were not that big of a factor for the 49ers. You know, they were players who were banged up and missed some plays here or there. But for the most part, you had a relatively healthy defensive unit, which is fantastic. A great week of healing for the 49ers and, and means good things moving forward. Uh, but I mean, I, I'm right there with you. The defense simply was not good enough and they have to be better. But a unit like this, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they will be. They're, they're not going to be worse. You know, give up 44 points uh, in a loss. It'll be difficult to to you know be worse than this. 529 yards of, of total offense uh, and a, a team against the Rams in, in which they've had a ton of success against. And I guess what's strange and, and maybe we should have thought about this when making our, our predictions for this game last week is games against the Rams seem to always be must-win games. I mean, earlier this this year, you were 1-2 and two 
coming off of maybe the worst, most ugly performance by a 49er team in a really long time, week three in Denver, when you lose 11 to 10, you come back at home and you absolutely dominate uh, LA 24 to nine to get back to 500. That was must win number one of the year. Now you have must win number two of the year to avoid falling three and five. Last year, you were three and five against the Rams. And if you lost, maybe a quarterback change is going to happen for the 49ers a season ago. But they come out and they dominate the Rams and they improve to four and five. And that was the start of their run to the NFC Championship game, which needed a win in the final week of the regular season against the Rams. That is the textbook definition of a must win game. Uh, So Niners Rams is always must win for the 49ers. And in the past, it's tended, you know, to be wins. So Interestingly enough, maybe the Niners are in a spot that they feel comfortable in with their backs against the wall against an opponent that they know really well. Um, But there is no doubt about it. The defense certainly has to be better. Uh, But I think, you know, given their track record, they deserve the benefit of the doubt. It was a bad week, a a historically bad week for the 49ers defense. You mentioned the 9.1 yards per play hasn't uh, been that bad in decades they haven't given up that that number of points uh, for a really long time as well. Um, I think that the defense will be just fine. This was just a, a bad week, which over the course of a season is going to happen a couple of times. It is. And if it's going to happen against maybe the best offensive football, that's certainly something to to note moving forward. But and as you mentioned, 9.1 yards per play. Uh, 1965 was the last time that that happened, uh, according to ESPN Stats and Info. So it is. it was... A historically bad day defensively. The one thing that I'm keeping an eye on, and Atlanta didn't do it as much, but teams like Kansas City that had have speed specifically at their skill positions, there was an abundance on the Kansas City side and then a lack thereof on the San Francisco side of yak. There was a lack of yak. <laughs> and on, on, I mean, I'm just looking at a couple of the third down plays, Mark, that, that, you know, you sort of touched on earlier in our episode, but look, the 57-yard play, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, third and 11 in the fourth quarter, 16 yards of yak there. That was not close to being the best after catch for the Chiefs. Uh, third and six in the fourth quarter, Mahomes on the 45-yard touchdown of Juju Smith-Schuster. That's 31 yards of yak. Earlier in the game, third and one in the first quarter, you know, 27 yards of Travis Kelsey. That's 26 yards of yak. Earlier in the game, I'm looking at a Juju Smith-Schuster second-and-nine catch uh, that, that was, went for 20 yards, 16 yards of yak. If you look at the 49ers' side, I believe the most they had after the catch on a play was 17 yards. That was the first and 10 of the third quarter on a little pass from uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to George Kittle. There was nothing after the catch for the 49ers, whereas the Chiefs seemingly had running room after every single ball that Patrick Mahomes threw. That's how he throws for 420 yard thereabouts on just 25 completions. Um, They got whatever they wanted on the ground. They got whatever they wanted through the air. And despite Nick Bosa being able to, you know, show up at points in the game, I know he got to the quarterback. There was little to no pressure. There was no reason for Mahomes. I felt like throughout this game to feel any sort of pressure to feel any sort of you know urgency in the pocket meanwhile on the 49ers side there seemed to be a lack thereof of urgency and look defensively 30 points in the second half is something that does not happen against most teams but when you're going to play the world beaters of this league 
the Chiefs, the Bills, in the NFC, the Eagles obviously are at the top. I would put the Dallas Cowboys up there. Um, I mean, I guess the Vikings via record, the New York Giants via record are in that conversation. When you're going up against teams and you're going to see one next week in the Rams that are going to be extremely hungry to come back and beat you after you embarrassed them on Monday night a few weeks ago, uh, you are going to have to limit the yards after catch and you are going to have to capture more offensively if you're going to have a hope of putting up points when the defense is not having a great day. It now hasn't had back-to-back good weeks and I don't necessarily expect them to all of a sudden return to form despite getting some of those guys back that you mentioned like Bosa, like Jimmy Ward, um, you know, Fred Warner and Hufanga have been out there, but uh, have been kind of forced to, to, to pick up where other guys have left off. I know Mooney Ward uh, did not have a great day. The secondary looks to be a little bit thin because of those injuries, but those are problems that are not going away. So for me, I am questioning a little bit if the 49ers are as close to contention as we made them out to be just even two weeks ago. I think we we do have a tendency to overreact both to good news and bad news. The reality is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I think the Niners are are still probably the best team in the NFC West. And it's not saying all that much, you know, kind of strange considering what the preseason expectations were. You know, the the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Niners who were in the NFC Championship game, the Cardinals who are always electric and t- difficult to play against. But you know, it's it's been almost the opposite of that all year long. And that's why the the Seattle Seahawks, who many thought were going to be the worst team in the NFC, have a division lead right now through seven weeks. Um, but, but to your point about the Rams, I mean, they're coming off of a bye as well. You know that they are ready. They were watching this game on Sunday very intently, and uh, they probably have a maybe a better plan of attack this time around than they did in week number four. Uh, but another note about the defense, what I thought was interesting watching this game and obviously a lot of the talk coming into this game was how the hell do you limit Travis Kelsey? He's going to get his. I mean, he had six catches for 98 yards, did not score a touchdown. He did have one called back on a penalty. He was effective, but he had his sixth and final catch for those 98 total yards about midway through the third quarter when it was 21 to 16 Kansas City. He did not have a catch after that. And after that moment, his final sixth catch of the game, the, the Chiefs scored 23 points in the final 18 minutes of the game. Now, he's still having an impact on the game. He's going to bring defenders to him wherever he goes. And there was one big play that I remember. It was the um, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster 45-yard 40, uh, touchdown, I believe it was, in that fourth quarter that kind of was the final nail in the coffin. Fred Warner was playing a zone in the middle of the field. Travis Kelsey kind of flashed behind him going from the right side of the formation to the left. And Fred Warner followed him, leaving the middle wide open. And that's where Juju Smith-Schuster was. And he ultimately ran in for, as you mentioned, a lot of yards after the catch to get into the end zone. Uh, That's where Travis Kelsey still has an impact when he's not catching the ball. But the fact that he did not have a catch over the final 18 minutes of game time in Kansas City still put up 23 points over that span. Impressive. Uh, without Tyreek Hill, this is still a, a high-powered offense, uh, and you, you think a lot of that is because of Travis Kelsey, but the fact is others beat the 49ers, and that was kind of the plan coming into the game. Limit Travis Kelsey, let you know Juju Smith-Schuster and, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling beat you. Nicole Hardman, who had two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown, which, you know, as 
I think never happened for a, a wide receiver in the Super Bowl era. Uh, the others beat you. And I guess you just got to tip your cap to to Patrick Mahomes, to Andy Reid, to Eric Bieniemy because they certainly came in with a phenomenal plan of attack and they made the Niners defense look silly out there all game long. Yeah, I mean, in addition to the yards after catch, I, I know Nick Wagner of ESPN tweeted this out, but Mahomes on throws 15 or more air yards. So where the ball travels 15 or more yards in the air, seven of seven for a buck 84. Hmm, that's pretty um, good. That is that is tied for the best, actually, since the <laughs> stat was tracked, uh, began tracking in, in 2006. The other quarterback that went seven of seven on throws of that nature was uh, Drew Brees. So pretty good company. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mark, it, it's going to be interesting to to kind of see how the 49ers bounce back this week. Um, it's it's going to be a big week. Look, going into the bye down three and five, I know they they did it last year and they're able to get to the playoffs by the skin of their teeth and then, of course, make the run to the NFC Championship. Uh, but it feels like, at least right now, and it could just be an overreaction Monday, but it does feel like against a team that you have dominated in the Rams, uh, that this does feel like a must-win type week and there needs to be some urgency throughout the week, at least uh, the way I'm viewing it. Yeah, no. I'm with you. Um, you know, you'll, you'll probably have a, a more uh, full Christian McCaffrey. He had 10 touches. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's he's going to be working hard. I mean, he even said post game, you know, on Sunday night, you know, I'm like, I'm going to go home and, you know, pour over the playbook right now. So, I mean, that's a positive. You're going to get more from him in maybe close to a normal, you know, snap count on a normal touch load for, for Christian McCaffrey against the Rams down in SoFi. Um, but you're going to need it clearly because this is a a really, really important game. Uh, one more quick note on, on kind of an interesting defensive number. The Niners' first five games, they allowed 61 points. And kind of to your point, the last two weeks, uh, bad defensive performances. Last two weeks, last two games, they've allowed 72 points. So 11 more points allowed over the last two games in the previous five. That is uh, certainly not a sustainable number. No, no, it's not. Hopefully it will regress to somewhere by next week uh, when they take on the Los Angeles Rams. That's all the time we got here for the 415ers on Monday. A uh, a reality check Monday, Mark, at least for me. Um, week 7, Niners fall, 44-23. They are 3-4 and four now. Chiefs advance to 5-2. and two. And we will be talking to you on Wednesday. Going to take some time to kind of mull this over. Uh, maybe take a look at the All-22, see where things went. Maybe a little more right. Um, but we're going to try and find something to spin for you on Wednesday. We'll try our best. It might be a little challenging, <laughs> but we'll try our best. Uh, in the meantime, take it easy, everyone. Make sure to download, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars as always. This has been the 415ers podcast for my partner, Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. In the meantime, take it easy, and uh, we'll be seeing you.